Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I am your host, Shannon Warner. This podcast is all about taking a few moments for yourself and reconnecting to the amazing woman behind the title of mom. You have so many plates spinning at any given time between your kids, your partner, your job, maintaining a household, etc., etc. But where does taking time just for you play into that? Let's spend some time together, you and me, right now. We're rebranding a mom moment to those sacred moments you take to fill your cup first. Let's connect, tune in, and tap into what makes us the incredible women that we are. We'll nurture ourselves first so we can be our best selves for those we pour into on a daily basis. We'll also bask in the beautiful wisdom of other moms to learn about the ways in which they've tapped into alignment in their own motherhood journeys. Come on, mama. It's your time. We're having a mom moment. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I am your host, Shannon Warner, and I am so honored you chose to join us here today. If you are listening in real time, it is Thanksgiving week, and I want to take just a moment to thank all of you listeners for tuning in, even if it's only been for one episode. I'm so grateful for you and to all of my guests who have made this experience so magical. I am so grateful to you as well. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to make sure that you are aware of the Black Friday offers that I am running. First is my printable affirmation deck for mamas. It contains 52 affirmation cards to help you remember just how amazing you are. I have a special offer just for my podcast listeners. When you use code podcast 25, you will save 25% off the price. Also, the Matt Leaf Social membership has just been announced. And when you buy two months, you get one month free. The final Black Friday offer that I have for you is the one-to-one maternity leave mentorship. When you enroll or book a discovery call before November 26th, you will receive the affirmation deck for free, one month free to the Matt Leave social membership, and 10% off your price. The price is per month. And if you enroll under the Black Friday special, you lock that price in for the duration of your time in the program. All of those details are in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. This week's guest is Sylvia Hardowitz. She is an East-West psychologist, spiritual life coach, and board-certified art therapist with over 20 years of experience providing therapeutic and transformative services that integrate creativity, spirituality, and psychology. In this episode, Sylvia will share her journey of infertility and how doing the work of ancestral healing and coming into alignment with the baby she so desired led to the pregnancy she had been waiting for. I can't wait for you to listen to this one. Hi, Sylvia. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Shannon. Great to meet you today. Great to be here. So happy to have you. Can you get us started by sharing a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive right into your motherhood journey? Sure. Um, Well, I live in, I live in California and I'm the mother of two young children. Uh, one is just turned four and the other one's about to turn seven months. Mm. And um, it was quite a journey getting to motherhood. So I look forward to sharing it. And uh, besides being a mom, I'm an art therapist, a spiritual counselor, a psychologist. And um, I do a lot of work with, well, currently I'm, I'm developing a practice that is 
um, around supporting women on their fertility journey. Um, and I also do work around ancestral healing, uh, healing of generational trauma. Um, and in the past, I've worked kind of in community mental health um, all over the map, you know, with, with kids, with families, with adults, you know, psychiatric, you know, all, all of it. So, um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. And I, um, I'm also an artist and uh, I love nature. I love people. I love connecting and dropping in with community in different ways. And um, yeah, happy to be here. I love all of this. There's so many pieces here that we can dig into. Where do you want to start? Should we start talking about, because I know a big piece of your journey is how your children arrived, right? Do you want to get into that? Yeah, maybe I can share about that. So I'm I'm 46 and um, I always wanted to be a mom. You know, it was kind of like something that I uh, carried in my heart for a long time. And because of the way life unfolded for me, um, you know, I didn't really meet the person, my partner who I have kids with until my kind of late thirties or mid thirties now. Um, yeah, I guess it's been, we were, we just had our, um, eight year wedding anniversary Aww. yesterday. So it's been, we've been together like, yeah, <laughs> we've been together Happy like 11, thank you. <laughs> so we've been together like 11 years. So yeah, so it's kind of in my mid thirties and we got married pretty quickly. It was like two, two and a half years, you know, after we met, we were just talking about this. That's why the numbers are clear in my head. Um, and or, yeah, at three years, I think after we met, we got married. Um, but, uh, and we wanted to have kids like right away, you know, he was, I was very clear. I was like, listen, I'm in my late thirties. I want to have a baby. Let's, let's yeah. do this. And he was like, okay. And then, um, I had a really, really hard time getting pregnant and it was shocking for me because mm. I had always had a very regular cycle and just, um, you know, just felt pretty healthy and always like look super young. So people always are like, oh, you, you know, oh, you have lots of time, you know. Mm. <laughs> and meanwhile, it was like, oh, this is not happening. And why isn't it happening? Mm. And um, and so, you know, after like a year of just kind of like nothing really seeming to sync up, I I really dived deep into exploring what fertility meant and what I could do to improve my fertility and went on a very transformative and healing journey, you know, mm -hmm. that was um, helped me to get healthy in my body, um, work through some emotional pain and stuff that was in the way, I think, and really align also energetically to receive and have a baby. And, um, and I did, I conceived naturally. Well, I had, I had two miscarriages along this oh. journey, which were um, you know, intense experiences, of, of course. course, but the, I ended with, I got pregnant naturally all those times. And the, the, you know, the third pregnancy was my daughter who wow. I gave birth to at 42. Wow. Um, and she is, you know, a joy. She's an absolutely amazing little spirit. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, have gratitude for her every day. And she's, she's been such a beautiful gift. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and then, you know, I didn't expect to have another child because I thought, well, that was quite a journey. And now I'm, you know, in my forties mm -hmm. and I have this career I'm working on and so much that I'm, that I have happening. And, um, you know, one day Amelia, that's my daughter, 
she said, I really want to have a baby brother or sister. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know how that's going to happen, but, you know, maybe. And I, you know, I really had a long prayer around it and opened up to the possibility. And, um, yeah, no, and I had a second baby. I mean, I just got pregnant really, really easily Aww. and um, have two little girls now. So um, my other daughter's name is Violet. And I love that. Um, yeah, they're just both really, really precious. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the uh, the short version of, of yeah. the long story of the fertility journey, but it was quite a, yeah, I feel like it's a huge, huge experience for me. That's, like I said, now has kind of um, pushed me or allowed me to to come up with this new direction in my work as a therapist um, as a counselor and, um, to support women on their journey. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that it's like, it can be such a challenging, lonely, heartbreaking time to be, you know, really wanting a child and not knowing how to get there. And I think I really want to empower women to believe that even though you might get that diagnosis of, you know, low MA AMH or, um, unexplained infertility or whatever it is, you know, or the or doctors pretty much if you're 35, they tell you, oh, you're advanced maternal age, you probably yeah. can't get pregnant, right? So you get these messages. It's so easily to just feel like it's not going to happen. I might as yeah. well just let it go. Yeah. And, um, you know, and what I found is that that's absolutely not the case. Um, it's totally possible. And, you know, you got to just prepare for it and do some things to help prepare your body and your mind and your spirit. So mm. this is so special. I'm excited to dive more into this, but um, I can resonate with the, I, while I did not struggle with infertility, I had my second daughter at 35 and I felt like a fossil, you know, <laughs> it was like, even though my doctor was like, well, I mean, technically we call this advanced maternal age or whatever, you know, like, you know, you're, you're not, you're not old, but like everything <laughs> happening to me within the, the system made me feel so so old oh my gosh totally totally like yeah. you're like you're like get extra help and extra support which is actually great but the yeah. just the, the the kind of diagnostic terminology used around it you know it's like yeah advanced maternal age and at-risk pregnancy and you're like well, yeah. because of what like what's the reasoning even though there's actually yeah. there's nothing you know at risk really I don't know if that's the term they use exactly but that's the feeling right yeah so, um yeah yeah, no, I know. It's it's really something. So. I can't imagine then being in your mid to late 30s, over 35 or 35 and older, and then experiencing infertility, what that must be like, mm -hmm. you know, and especially to the story that I hear from a lot of women and my own experiences for a long time, you don't want to have a baby. It's not the right time to have a baby. And then you think, oh, this is the most natural thing in the world. Like now mm -hmm. we'll try to have a baby and then it doesn't happen. And it's like, wait a second, I tried for so long not to, and now I'm trying to have one. And here we are in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I cannot imagine how trying that must be emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, how long was your, your journey of getting into alignment and then ultimately right. getting pregnant? Right. Well, I think that I got um, pregnant. Well, I had my daughter four years after, you know, we got married. So we had started getting, so it was probably three years until I got that viable pregnancy. And then I'd had the two miscarriages. Well, God, it's so, it's so you know, in the, probably yeah. after like 
a year and a half or two years of trying. So there was okay. maybe two years where nothing was really happening, right? Yeah. And then there were the miscarriages and then there yeah. was the the pregnancy that 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 took. And you know, that the the miscarriages were another um kind of really big eye-opening and and healing and transformative experience for me because um that's another thing that our society does not really talk about or focus on like one out of four women will have a miscarriage, you know, mm-hmm. um, or one out of five, you know, I think it depends where you are, but it's quite, quite common. And, um, and it's like, I didn't know that I had no idea. So when I had that first pregnancy, which was something that happened very magically, it was very aligned. It was very beautiful. How, it, how you know, the conception, how it all happened. And the baby was supposed to be due on my mother's birthday. It felt oh. so magical and so special, you know, and, um, I was, and I lost the baby at 12 months, 12 weeks, not 12 months, yeah. 12 weeks, wow. right? Yeah. It was very far along. It was right at that yeah. moment where you're supposed to just really be free. And I had already been like, it's good. It's good. You know, yeah. I didn't worry. I felt very good about it. I didn't even, this care didn't really cross my mind because yeah. I wasn't educated about how common and how it could happen really that easily. And then the miscarriage process was very hard mm. on my body. And anyway, so the whole experience was really hard. And um, I was very lucky to have a huge support network at that time, mm-hmm. not only of my family, but a group of women friends who um, I was meeting with very regularly for new moon gatherings and just like very special group of people. Shout out to all of them. Um, and I, you know, they really supported me and we did a ritual and a, and a support kind of circle around it and it helped so much. And, you know, and I realized at that time something, you know, that when that miscarriage happened, I I realized it wasn't my fault in any way, you know, it wasn't anybody's fault because there's so much anger that comes up, right? Like you're like, I was angry, but I realized that I had nowhere to really direct that anger. It was Mm. just something that happened in a way to make sure that I didn't have a pregnancy that was going to maybe end up with some, a child who had some kind of challenges, right? Like it's like the body does what it needs to, because something wasn't right, you know? And so I really um, recognized that. And one of the healing things that came out of it, that I think it was like a generational healing piece, you know, was that my mother had, had um, a sister. Well, okay. My grandmother had, Let's put it that way. My grandmother had a daughter, which was my mom. And then she had a second baby that was was stillborn at like five months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother, her whole life blamed herself for that because my, my grandmother had like picked her up or something. And oh somehow she got the message, you know, that it was her fault somehow, even though, you know, maybe my grandmother and her anger said something, you know, who knows, yeah. right? Or gave her some kind of feeling of that my mother carried that. And I, when I had the miscarriage and I realized how much it was nothing to do with anybody outside of myself or any, or me, you know, that it was just something that had to happen. And for some reason, this little soul had to go through this process Mm -hmm. and I had to go through this process and sharing that, you know, with my mom and recognizing, I was like, mom, I can't believe you held that for so long that that was your fault. You were like three or something, you know, she was a little, or maybe even younger. Um, you know, I felt like my experience gave her permission to let that story go, you know, wow. and it was so healing for, for that. Like, I think she got it because she, mm. she looked, she knew that it was not anybody's fault what happened to me. Right. right. 
And so, um, yeah, it's like, anyway, these things happen. They happen Mm -hmm. for reasons we can't understand sometimes. And um, I'm also talking about this because next month, October, we're in end of September right now is pregnancy loss awareness month. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm hoping as part of uh, like an offering that I want to want to give is to um, provide a little ritual or art making session. I'm still creating it in my head um, for women to come together. And there's a uh, October 15th is a wave of light it's called. And -hmm. it's a time where women who have had pregnancy loss or infant loss can light a candle together at 7 p.m., whatever time zone they're in to honor, you know, the baby who's passed. And I, um, so I want to create some kind of offering around that time. And I'm not sure how that's going to look, but um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's, and it's, I think it's such a huge piece of the the fertility journey too, right? To then work through those losses and grieve them and Mm -hmm. let them go and then allow your body again to prepare to allow for another pregnancy to come in when you're ready, right? Yeah. So mm. it's, it's all part of it. Yeah. That's so beautiful that you're creating this offer surrounding that and so special and could be such a healing element. And I like how you touched on, like, you do need to process it and allow, allow yourself, allow your body to work through it. So you can then receive the next mm-hmm. pregnancy, right? It's interesting how you talked about your mother's healing and then think about in your own, you know, epigenetics, if you don't heal from this, like it will be, it will be carried. What is it like seven generations that you carry? Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on that, but you know, like (laughs) you, you can, your DNA is carrying the experience of like seven generations. So yeah, the more healing we can do now, the better. I mean, I think your, your DNA. So I, I, my, my doctorate was um, in East-West psychology and my dissertation topic was on ancestral healing. So, um, so I, so I, I, it's not, I mean, seven generations is what we think of, like what we can kind of still tap into and remember, but really we're carrying like ancestral and historical trauma from so far back, you know, I mean, if you think of it in a more spiritual way, Mm -hmm. you know, those ancestors that have been forgotten and that are, that they're still deep within us, you know, their stories, their experiences. I mean, humans, we, I mean, I just feel like we, we hold so much. And so, um, yeah, the healing can go back, generate many, many, many generations and forward. Right. Um, I think that seven generation thing is something that comes from, um, you know, and more indigenous belief system. Um, that's, that's also, um, I think held true in many different traditions. Um, and I truly believe it, you know, I truly like feel that um, it's an important thing to um, be aware of and to address in whatever way you can um, before taking on um, becoming a parent, you know, mm not only so there's these natural healing things that might happen along the way, like I was sharing about the the miscarriage and my mom's kind of story that she was holding on to for so long, bringing those things to the surface. Um, I think that's important. Uh, but I also think it's, it's like to be a parent and not continue the same patterns or unhealthy patterns that you might have been passed on passed down right yeah like if we don't have some kind of awareness around it 
we can go into autopilot. I mean, right. even with the awareness of it, you know, even with like being someone who's done a lot of work around this, these things, um, you know, I, I see it all the time where I'm doing things that I'm like, wow, what, why am I, why am I getting so angry right now? Why am I getting yeah. so triggered or whatever it is um, in this moment? And, you know, not really being able to, you know, have, have taking, like, it's not so always easy to break those patterns, even with some right. awareness. It's like, I mean, I guess it is all about like being able to notice it in the moment and then pivot if you can yeah. or take some space or find a way to repair differently than maybe, you know, that your parents would have, right? To take ownership, to be able to say, I'm sorry to your kids when you've done something that you mm. feel that you shouldn't have done maybe, right? So, mm. um, you know, we're not, we're all human and it's, it's, it's impossible to be the exact perfect parent you want to be all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but the more awareness, the more awareness we have, I think the more chance we have of shifting those patterns and creating a more healthy future for our world, you know, mm. to our children who can, you know, hopefully be more, be better versions of us you know, yeah. <laughs> themselves. I love this so much. I love this topic. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I love how you say, you know, do this work before you have kids, because I've had so many conversations. It's been my experience as well, that a lot of things that happen in motherhood can be very triggering and you never expect it. You never see it coming. You're like, why, why am I feeling like this? What just happened where whatever this child just did or said, it took me from, you know, zero to a hundred and now I'm elevated and everything that goes along with that. So what some of the work that you suggest people can do beforehand, because when you're in it and you begin to notice patterns, you know, you, you can see and pivot and learn, but sometimes you aren't aware of those things until you're like in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the one thing that you can do is work on uncovering some of the stories and belief systems that you mm. um, are carrying, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like sometimes you you don't see it as much until you're in the situation with a young child who you love and who's some, for some reason they're doing something and you're just like, ah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Um but I think that you can still go back and do, you know, you can do life review work where you can look back on beliefs and limiting beliefs and stories that, you know, maybe um, you're holding from your own experiences. So the more that you can do that kind of um, exploration, um, I think the more equipped you are to then already um, reframe things for yourself and create new beliefs and new ways of being. Um that then you can carry over into your um, parenting journey. Um, and I think also, you know, like I was mentioning, like, yeah, going a little deeper, you know, doing the ancestral work, like being able to also see what what were some of the ways that family structures um, and uh, how family dynamics and family structures existed in previous generations, you know, who was, you know, how are the, what were the power dynamics between the parents, you know, um, how were kids disciplined, how were they honored, um, how were their gifts um, supported, you know, mm. all those kind of things. I mean, 
there's probably a lot of beautiful resilience and gifts that have also been passed on, right? Yeah. There's ways that you can uh, also be excited, get excited about that and be like, oh, I want to continue that on. Look at this like wave of love coming through, you know, um, for me, you know, for example, I can think of like the creativity that's been passed on through the mother line, you know, from, uh, you know, from my mother's um people, you know, I can, I can look at that and I can say, wow, that's so powerful. And I want to continue that onwards. And I want to continue nourishing that because it's beautiful and it's strong and it's not just me and it's not just my kids, but it's actually goes further back. And mm -hmm. so I know that I have the backing of these ancestors to continue, you know, moving um, that energy forward, you know, and, um, and it's flowing already. Right. So that's yeah. really beautiful. You know, so it's like, it's both. It's not just looking at the traumas and the challenges, but also what are those gifts, you know, that have been, yeah. that have been there. So, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I feel so grateful for having found that work, um, doing the ancestral piece. You know, it's funny, like I, as I'm talking to you, I'm realizing how much this piece can be part of my, the work I'm offering. And, and it is, but I feel to really like, articulate it you know as in like supporting parents or um supporting people who want to be parents with this generational um yeah. trauma work or whatever you want to call it generational um discovery of your story of your people and all of that so um yeah so it's exciting to talk about it's a big passion of mine like I mentioned, it was my dissertation topic, really, not around parenting, yeah. but just around, yeah. you know, why is it important to bring the ancestral story to consciousness? That was, that mm. was what I was um, looking at for many, mm. many years, you know, yeah. <laughs> writing a dissertation is like another baby, right? It took me sure. like seven years to be in that wow. doctorate program and complete yeah. that, that investigation. So beautiful journey as well. So it's so fascinating. And I love the polarity of, you know, there's some stuff that we're maybe bringing forward that may no longer be serving us because mm -hmm. it came from another time and maybe it worked for them then, but it doesn't mean that it works now. And then, but the other side too, the gifts of it. I love that so much. I'm definitely going to be really thinking about those pieces after this conversation. So thank you for that awareness. That's going to be an interesting uh, journal prompt for me to work mm -hmm. through. I love that though, with what you're offering or planning to offer is it for people who are trying to conceive and having difficulty or what's yeah. your focus yeah, the, there the program that I'm currently um developing so I'm, I'm meeting with women one-on-one -on -one and I'm developing a group program that's really about um helping women who are having a challenging time getting pregnant mm -hmm. come into alignment in their mind body and spirit um mm -hmm. so that they can you know, have that baby, um, you know, and I think that this is a journey that has so many different levels, right? Because it's, all, it's like we're talking about right now, there's like, the emotional blocks that might be in the way the energetic blocks that might be in the way that have roots in ancestral work, you know, this might be yeah. part of it, right. And um, I don't think a lot of people realize you know, that it's not just about taking the next supplement that might help, you know, I get yeah. a lot of like, people inquiring about my work, and they say, Oh, so what what do you think is something that I'm taking these three things? What else do you think I should do? And I'm like, um, well, you know, like not 
that yeah those things are important of course getting your body prepped and being having alignment with your body and being strong and taking eating the right food and and being healthy and getting exercise and being outside getting your vitamin d all of that is such a big part of it it's huge mm-hmm. you know and also you know i had a friend when i was first just trying to get pregnant she said to me um you know, I was really upset because it would have been like another month and I hadn't gotten pregnant and, you know, right. and I was like in this bad mood about it and I was sulking and she said, you know, you're never going to get pregnant if you're not going to be happy. And I remember being so triggered, like I was so like, mm. oh, what an annoying thing to say. Like, you know, I'm obviously like I'm sad and it's totally normal for me to feel sad, which is also true, right? Valid yeah. that I was feeling all those feelings. So it's not about not feeling your feelings. Um but I think she had some, she had like something, there was something in there that I think was, was helpful. Um, and I look back at it now that it, it, it rings true in that I needed to find a way to let go and surrender and find some peace and not be so wound up in it. Right. Because mm. the, the, the feeling of the despair and the sadness and not allowing just things to be as they are was not serving me you know wasn't helping me be open to really receive and be um you know just in a good place with what is and and to be Mm. in the moment and to be in the now right to be right here right now you know everything's okay you know and I yes I still want a baby and and then right now that's not what's happening and for some reason and that means that maybe there's still something else I need to shift mm-hmm. in myself you know and or maybe it's not even about me and it's a bigger story that I can't see and um so I want to support women through that process because I think that I I really um have a lot of clarity around what can be helpful and I think the journey is very um much like a roller coaster yeah. and people need support you know yeah and people need support around it um, absolutely so yeah and this is such a different approach because usually what you hear is, you know, try these things, talk to your doctor. How are you eating? Are you doing this? What's your stress level? You know, not, this is from the outside looking in again, this has not been my experience and I'm not going to claim that it is, but from what I'm seeing, yeah. you know, around me, that's a lot of what it is instead of doing this inner work. It's such an interesting approach. And I love that you keep coming back to alignment because that was literally my word of the year for this year. I had never picked a word of the year before, but for this year, I was like alignment. It's alignment that I'm, you know, striving for and everything that I do. And I didn't really know what that looked like or felt like, I think until, you know, in the last really year. So how does one know that they're coming into alignment or what does it look like for someone to come into alignment in this process? Well, I think when you're in alignment, um, things are flowing and Mm -hmm. the intuition for what you need to be doing next is very, is heightened. You know, it's like you get these downloads and these nudges and these feelings like, Oh, this would be a really helpful next step for me. You know, you, you, you get inspired, you get into, you, you get moved into inspired action, right? You start to take steps that, you know, you're like, maybe that are maybe outside of what you would normally do right and you um follow that intuition you have um synchronicities that show up right so maybe you start thinking you know 
gosh, I really feel like I need to, you know, do more spiritual work. And the next thing you know, you, you meet a psychic and they have, and they want to give you a free session or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so there's like, things can happen. Like I, I just, I felt like there were so many um, ways that the universe gave me, the universe gave me, um, you know, kind of signs and guidance along the way, you know, and didn't, wouldn't let me really give up. I was very, very clear that I was going to have a baby. And mm -hmm. I knew in my heart of hearts that it was just that I was meant to be a mother. I was going to, you know, find my way there. And um, I didn't want to do IVF. Yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't like off the table completely, but I was just like, I really feel like this can happen naturally. I really believe in it. I trust in my body. You know, I know that I've had these very regular cycles my whole life. You know, I know, I don't know. I just felt like it could happen. And I, always came back to that you know mm -hmm. and um at one point I created like a very powerful mantra for myself and it was like oh it wasn't like it was more like a it was like a whole uh little paragraph of you know empowerment then every time my mind started like questioning and having anxiety and doubting I would like read this and it would like help me be like oh yes I believe in it I know I'm doing everything I need to to get my body and my mind and my spirit aligned and I'm trusting that I will get there and um and it happened you know and I really like fully feel that I manifested this you know ability or like allowing of this baby to come to me you know and one of the things that was unexpected for me was that there was a connection that I made to the the baby spirit you know mm. and that was something that you know I didn't think that much about and um, but it really was in some ways, I feel like the final piece that really brought everything into, um, I don't know, I, I keep using the word alignment, but <laughs> it keeps showing up now, but you know, like it, it made it kind of allowed for the space for this, for this to happen. Oh. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that was that was a long answer to that oh, question. Oh, so magical like, though. I love yeah. it. And you know, I'm glad you're saying this. Um, I just talked to Fran Medina the other day. Um, and she's older and she was trying to have children in the eighties. Um, and she was struggling as well and had in, infertility struggles and did IVF, even though it was a newer thing. Anyway, what's, similar about your approaches was that she had this vision and she like was holding fast to this vision. And she thinks because she was so true to the vision that she had for herself, that she was able to manifest her children as well. And I love that so much. Like she ended up, um, she had an ectopic pregnancy and then had to have like a repair surgery. Um, so she did have some obstacles to overcome but she just she just knew that that was there for her and she just held fast to that vision and it came true mm -hmm. for her too she had her children naturally and I just I love that you're saying that and I know somebody out there needs to hear it if they're struggling that like if I've got two people who have found me and want to share their journey on the podcast then there are thousands upon thousands of others that it's worked for as well Yes. I, yes. There's so many people, right. Who have had that success story and it's, um, completely possible. And it's like, I, I, I think people get told too quickly, um, to, 
you know, to try IVF, to, um, you know, that it, that they're, that they're, they're maybe have unexplained infertility or whatever the diagnosis is, you know, they're told and it creates this space in their mind that it's like, it's not really possible. And mm. this is the only way and the chances of it working with IVF are only so slim and, you know, and all that dialogue and all mm. that, um, stress in the body and the angst about it you know um is really not conducive to allowing for yeah. this pregnancy to happen yeah. and um i'm not saying that there's not cases where people really just are not able to have a baby and of i and, and i know that it's not always a possibility of course you know sometimes um it is more complicated than that right um but for the most part i hear i see people you know giving up after three months of trying and then they go, mm. you know, it's like, well, you know, once an, an acupuncturist I worked with while trying to get pregnant um, told me that, you know, we need a year, at least a year from the Chinese medicine perspective to even begin trying to have a baby because mm. you need that much time to get all your, you know, and everything into balance in your body right so it's like it's like you know when wow. people they expect to just have it happen right away and yeah. you know maybe they've been on birth control for many many years maybe they haven't had the most healthy lifestyle you right. know right maybe they're burned out by being really driven with their career whatever it is right yeah you have to rebuild that energy yeah able to have this and people i think yeah it's like I think they give you that unexplained infertility diagnosis pretty quickly, you know, yeah, if you're, yeah. if you've been trying for some amount of time, um, but it's just what's, what's, yeah. what is being, what's given. So I, I, yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of women though who have a different experience and, you know, another thing that's very, that happens a lot is people sometimes will decide, okay, I'm not getting pregnant. I'm just going to adopt they adopt and then like they, the adoption's coming through and next thing you know they get pregnant you know yes <laughs> it's like it's yeah. like why do you think well because they finally said oh I'm gonna have this baby it's coming to me yeah. in a different way I'm now fulfilled I'm in that space of my vision coming true yeah, right it's yeah happening I'm happy I'm excited and here it is you know yeah in both ways and I think in those scenarios too where you kind of surrendered to like okay there is a baby coming to me, maybe not by the means I expected. And then the universe is like, okay, here you go. You're, you're not resisting anymore. Here it is. Yeah. It's so beautiful. What can happen in any facet of your life when you surrender trust and allow. And that's exactly. been a big part of my own alignment, you know, journey this year. It's just like, like you said, the things that start to happen and the things that start to like fire off and connect. And it's like, it, it just wouldn't have happened if I wasn't in this place. So I can easily see how it would translate into a fertility journey mm-hmm. and protecting your mind and all of that. When you're talking about, you know, what the medical community might be telling you and assuming that you're broken, because that's why you're there, you're broken. There's something wrong with you. And it's like, just the way as a mom, I try to protect what my child is absorbing, you know, what, what I'm saying to her, I want to speak to her in love and kindness. And I, you know, I really want her just to hear the best and protect her mind. You should do that for yourself. You should, you know, you can, you can heed advice and go, okay, I hear what you're saying. Let me see what else is possible, you know, and not, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. If you have this vision and you're really believing that this is for you, by whatever means it will come to you. And, um, 
one of my first interviews was an old childhood friend who had gone through IVF after struggles. And she said, you know, your children are your children, no matter what means they come to you, like they will come to you. And it's just like, just trusting, just trusting in that journey. So beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Just like exactly protecting yourself from, from the stories that come at you from different in different ways, you know, and just trying, staying true to what your intention, your goal is, and um, and being open to how it happens. You know, I was open to IVF. That was kind of the yeah. next step. I was like, okay, if I can't do it naturally, I'm giving myself this amount of time, you know, and then I'm gonna pursue this. And I'd been to, I went to an IVF doctor. You know, I had yeah. I had had those that conversations, and and I would have been happy if that was how the baby came through, right? Right. Um, so I think it's following that too. If it's like, well, maybe it's, it's this other way, you know, I have a really good friend who her uterus, um, was able to carry a baby, but her eggs really were not viable anymore. And she had a donor egg. She has two beautiful children with the donor egg and her husband's sperm. And, you know, it's perfect. They're perfect family. And that's, you know, that was her journey. Right. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that natural is the only way it just was my story. And I I do believe that it's more possible for a lot more women than, than than they're usually told. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. I've got two close stories in my circle of people who, you know, had planned to have children naturally and, you know, had ended up taking a different route. And both of their journeys have their, the pregnancy and, and bringing a child into the world that those journeys have ended so beautifully for both of them. I've seen other ways that things can go. And it's just like, you know, looking back, you're like, of course it happened that way. Like, of course these children are perfect for you. Of course, this is the way it had to happen, you know? And it's like, I, I can only imagine how challenging it is when you're in it, but like just trusting that it's going to work out and it's going to be okay. And if you have a vision for this child, like it will come to you in some way or another. And I think we're on the same wavelength. I think your children are destined for you by whatever means, whatever child you're meant to have in your family unit is going to find you by whatever means necessary. And Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful journey and experience when you can Mm -hmm. view it from like a soul, a soul lens, you know? Yeah. With my daughter, I, like I had mentioned, like she was the one that had really started asking for, you know, baby brother or baby sister. And, you know, I was at that time, I was like, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. And I was like, very like, I was like open, but I wasn't in the same way I'd been about her when I want to have this baby so much. I was just kind of like, well, yeah, if it happens, I'd be happy. And if it didn't happen, I'd be okay with that. I totally in a letting go place. And, you know, and the prayer that I had at the time was like, listen, if, if my daughter is meant to have a sibling for her highest good, you know, if that's Mm. what's meant to be, I am open and ready and let it be, you know, and and that's what happened. So, um, you know, I really trust that it was, it's like, you know, their soul journeys needed to have that dynamic, that, that sibling dynamic, which is, you know, such such a, a beautiful thing and and also you know has its own challenges and all of that so for their own growth for their soul's soul's growth so I, mm. I I get it yeah the soul journey mentality gives me a lot of peace and all of my life experience like this is I signed up for this you know parts of it are going to be messy and parts of it are going to be painful but it's going to be so beautiful 
and right. we've just got to, you know, grow through what we go through and, and it's all going to be okay. Yeah. If you can bring yourself back to that way of thinking yeah. that we are these um, spiritual beings having this human experience, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. just bring yourself back to that and know that it doesn't really end here. Um, uh, you know, that there's like a consciousness that exists for all time, you know, if you can kind of, well, that's just my belief, right? But if you can kind of sit with that and be in that, it lets all the human struggle and challenge mm -hmm. and things that we get so worked up about, you know, um, it lightens it, right? Because yeah. you, you get that it's all here to teach you and um, that you just trust the unfolding, you know, and yeah. that life is just this flowing river that has all these different ways that it um manifests and um all of it's really beautiful and and we know this right the older you get the more you get that wisdom because you can look back at your life at things that were so challenging it felt like the end of the world or whatever it was and later you're like oh that had to happen so this could happen and that that had to happen yeah. so this could happen and it's all part of my journey and my healing you know my healing yeah. you know i really believe that we're here to to heal, to heal mm. ourselves, to heal our family lineage, to um, to heal this planet. You know, we're all like yeah. on a journey um, as like light workers, and we don't. Some of us don't really know that. Yeah. Um, but if we can kind of, um, if we get that message somewhere along the way and feel it you know, then we can step into a world, a life of, of purpose, you know, and making a difference. And when you're in that space, right, of making a difference and living your purpose, then you are in alignment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we talk about coming back to alignment, yeah. right? And things yeah. flow and synchronicities happen and the right people come into your orbit and all of that. Yeah, but it's like, we forget, we forget and we need to remember and yeah. reconnect with that part of ourselves as much as we can. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. I could talk about all of this all day long. It's so juicy. And that those of us that are in this, you know, space are just like, yes, yes, of course, of course. And I know some people are like, what, <laughs> what are we talking about right now? But I'm just saying, once you get here, it's so magical. And you just want everyone to have this shared experience of goodness and light. It's so beautiful. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. I do like to ask all of my guests a few of the same questions. Um, I think Please. it kind of, yeah, shares our motherhood experience. So first, what didn't you expect motherhood to either change or shake up in you? You know, I was thinking, I read that question because you gave it to me earlier to, to sit with. And I was like, gosh, I don't even, what has changed? I mean, so much has changed, yeah. obviously, right? But what has changed within me? And, um, you know, I, I I think I'm a little bit surprised that, like, I think of, like, personality and identity as just different parts of us that make up the whole, right? And before I was on this journey to parenthood, to motherhood, um, I was very much a social butterfly, you know, going out into the world, partying. It's probably why I needed a little time getting my body in alignment, right? I was out there <laughs> doing a lot, having fun, yeah. going to the next adventure, you know, and it's kind of a free spirit who was open to exploring all sorts of things. And um, and now that I'm a mother, you know, and I'm, I'm not feeling the urge for that anymore, you mm. know? 
Like, I yeah. feel like it was so interesting because my daughter, when she was born, you know, right when we came out of the, my first daughter, we came out of the like newborn phase and I was about to start working again and all that. She, um, COVID happened, you know, COVID mm. happened. And so everything kind of stopped and I still actually went to work. So I was, cause I was, I was working at the time with older adults and assisted living, doing spiritual care and art therapy. Yeah. And so I was an essential worker, basically I had to go yeah. to work. And so, um, I continued with that. And then, you know, I would come home and I was so fine with the fact that we couldn't be social, that we had yeah. to be our little family unit and that I couldn't, there was nothing that we could do. And, you know, my husband, who's also very social, has struggled with this a lot. Like, I think mm. he really wants to go be out in the world, do the things he used to do, go to music shows, et cetera, et cetera, stay out late at night. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> yeah. you know, doesn't feel that fulfilling to me. So that's interesting to see that part, just not that activated. I do miss other things. I do miss more time with friends. Um, you know, like I mentioned, my my Newman group, my sisters that I felt so close to and the community we had, that's not really been happening. Yeah. And um, just not having that kind of time with close friends and not having um, more time just for myself, you know, I think to make my own art, to sit around in bed and read a book, yeah. you know, like those kind yeah. of things I miss a lot more. The yeah. time, the introverted time, but the extroverted time, not so much. Maybe I will. Maybe I will, but it hasn't been a yeah. thing. So I've been surprised by that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think I've changed. Like, I just don't feel like that's needs as much. Like I've done all that and I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think that's a good, um, an okay place to be instead yeah. of being like, oh, I wish I could do the things, but you know, yeah. these kids. Yeah. I think that's a healthy <laughs> place go to out be. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and eventually yeah. you'll leave them with a sitter and you'll, you know, you'll right. do your thing. And sure. yeah. Yeah. My husband and I recently, um, followed Pearl Jam from Chicago. We saw them uh -huh. for shows in Chicago and then we followed them to Indy where their in Indy concert ultimately ended up getting canceled due to somebody getting sick. But anyway, um, it was funny to like be in that space of like going to concerts and like having some beverages because like I barely drink anymore because yeah. I'm just like, Ugh, you know, like having some drinks and like being in the vibe and then like being away from home and traveling it was just like such a different experience and like it was it was fun but when it was over I was like okay I'll take my life back please like I need I need to go back like I can't you know which is funny because the fan base of Pearl Jam is mostly older than I am anyway I'm like how are these people hanging but I think because their kids are like grown you know <laughs> they're like in right. the high school or out of the house but I totally feel that where you're like okay I'm yeah. good yeah. yeah yeah right it's just so it's it's so different and yeah it's it might again, yeah, change and I'll be back to whatever, whatever, you know, but I, I can't totally imagine, right? Because I'll miss those little, these little kids. I wouldn't want to yeah. be away from them for that long. And if I was to be away from them for an extended time, I mean, right now, anyway, I'd probably prefer to go to like a meditation retreat, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. um, which I was doing all of that before too. I had, you know, very full life where I was doing so many different amazing things. And I guess maybe I needed to make space also for these babies, you know? Um, so that, that, that was the piece that got kind of pushed aside. Okay. If you could give one piece of advice to another mother at any stage, what would it be? Mm 
Well, I think these are things I'm still working on myself, right? It's like finding that time for yourself, you know, this podcast, right? I'm, mom, yeah. You know, having a mom moment, having a moment to yeah. really um, nourish your own energy, your own spirit. Like I've been finding that if I can get up before the kids wake up, before anybody wakes up and I have that time in the morning to just, you know, have a little time to meditate or have a gratitude practice or sometimes I even am able to make a little bit of art it is yeah. like you know already a good day right like I'm yeah. like oh yes and so having that time because sometimes then the day gets busy and then you're just like oh my goodness all day long I've been taking care of other people and taking you know um it's it can be overwhelming I think and so just trying to find that time in the morning for me has been amazing and I think that um not perfect at it because sometimes I'm just like I want to get out of bed and then they're yep. awake and then it's over but um you know when it happens I think it's really good so finding a way whatever however that looks to carve out that that time to nourish yourself um and I think also the other thing I'm also still working in again on um, you know again these are I've had these really little kids so I feel like there's a yeah. lot that I'm figuring out yeah um but is to find time with your partner you know mm. um I remember, you know, I'm I'm realizing that we need more of that time with each other, you know, and we haven't quite figured it out yet. And it's um, ends up being our time together is like when we're tired at the end of the day and we end up like watching TV together, you know, or something. Yeah. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's it's like, where is the connection and the intimacy, you know, if you're not cultivating it right yeah. so I feel like that's a really important piece to just not let it slide away and and to have that relationship be strong so that's something I'm still working out and you know like you said maybe it's time it's probably time for a sitter soon you know I just yeah <laughs> yeah so working all of that out but um yeah yeah those are the two things I think that seem yeah. really important to me no judgment on the sitter. I've never had anyone watch our children that wasn't a family member. So <laughs> we don't have all these times where we yeah. like, you know, go out. So it's, I totally get it's that. It's hard, right? Yeah. It's hard yeah. because you're, I mean, for me right now, my six month old is like exclusively breastfeeding. And, yeah. you know, I had a really challenging last couple of months because my my father passed away unexpectedly. I'm so sorry. And I actually, I started listening to your episode about grief. It was, you know, my daughter was three months old. This horrible thing had happened. Um, trying to navigate that yeah, and then like yeah. I feel like it threw so many things off in my life and I yeah and one of them is that I think because of ease and just to make things like flow during that whole experience was that I just had her <laughs> breastfeeding yeah. you know she just is fully attached she's so attached to me and like we stopped we before that we were trying to give her a bottle every couple of days to make sure she didn't she got used to it and right. then I just kind of oh, I got thrown out the window. So she's, you know, really, really, um, yeah, it's, it's a thing that we have to figure out, but, um, I don't know where, where this came from. <laughs> this tangent. Oh, just talking about, you know, how the last couple of months have been and how oh, you the know, babysitting, you wanna, right? Yeah, and you want to make the time for that. But when life gets right. wifey, like, yeah, it, it just is, yeah. you know, it just is. And yeah. And I'm so sorry to hear about your, your father. And I just, yeah, it's hard. It's so, so hard. Um, but that resonates about what you said with your daughter, because I feel like that's how I survived my, my dad passed. It was about three weeks before my daughter was born. Oh, and, nice. um, and I think that's how I survived was like, just having to sit and just 
be, but also have something to like keep my attention that wasn't just, you know, I wasn't avoiding the grief, but it was a, it was a nice distraction, even though I was exhausted and everything else, but it just forced me to kind of like, just, just be, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, that sounds so hard. Yeah. But I think the timing again, I mean, it it was not a part of my journey that I would choose, but like the timing Mm -hmm. as painful as it was, I think that's how I got through it because I was ended up being on maternity leave and had the space I needed. And, you know, if my dad had died on a Monday and I'd have to go back to work on a Wednesday, there's no way I wouldn't have survived it, you know? So totally. um, Yeah. Both my sister and I, you know, we're still totally in it because this happened um, in in early June and, and it was in Europe. So we basically, yeah, I was on maternity leave. She had just left her job and both of us were able to go to Europe. And like, she's actually still in Europe now, you know, because of the timing of it, you know, Mm -hmm. that we were able to go and take care of what we needed to take care of and be in the grief with it. And um, yeah, so timing, you know, and also always, yeah, it's so hard. Right. So, um, And yeah, and I feel the same way just about like the kids have been like this gift where like I couldn't just get lost in the grief. I had to take care of them, you know, and I had to take care of this little baby. And I had this four year old who is just full of life and spunk. And so (laughs) you you, you have to you have to be in your life um, to find a way a way to step out of the grief and take care of your family. So, yeah. I'm again, so, so sorry. I know how awful it is. I can say it's been, it'll be two years in December and looking back now, there have been a lot of gifts in it. So I hope that for you too, you, you can see, you know, the nuggets and, um, I, it's been pretty clear to me the way that he is helping me from the other side. It's been really interesting to watch Mm -hmm. it unfold. So while I would rather have him here, like he's, he's still showing up for me in a lot of beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. So that's I hope beautiful. That, I hope that for you and your sister too, because it's helped. It's helped immensely. So, <laughs> well, that's Side. beautiful, and that yeah. brings us back to the ancestral piece, right? Like he yeah. is an ancestor for you now, and yeah. it's like sometimes those relationships, yeah, they continue. They not sometimes they always yeah. are still there, yeah. and you can cultivate them, and you can strengthen them, and you can have them be a source of, yeah, you know, love and guidance in your life and um yeah I I'm still working that out <laughs> with this current yeah. space because it's so new it's raw um but you know I think I think that I I am happy to hear you say that I think that's really beautiful and you know yeah. just know that it's, it's it will always be there for you right like yeah. that relationship mm-hmm. it will always be there for you and you can deepen it if yeah. you want yeah yeah connect with yeah, it as it, much as you need to so yeah it's special it's special to know that piece that it's not it's different you know um I've heard who did I hear oh it's watching Project Run- Runway I don't know if you watch Project Runway but um the winner this season his name is Bishmi and his sister had passed right before and he he never said she died he said she transcended she transcended mm. and I just love that verbiage so much because death feels so final whereas like transcended feels eternal you know and I yeah. it's so beautiful so yeah. beautiful I love yeah. that this conversation has been so good I love all of it so so much but where can people find you how can they work with you give oh, us all the yeah. details <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, so um, my practice is called Wisdom Heart Healing. And that's my website, wisdomhearthealing.com. 
And um, the, the fertility program is called Moon Rhythms Fertility Journey Support. Um, so I think that both of those things are going to, well, the, the, the website is what it is. And then the, the, the program will continue to have more presence out in the world. Um, so that's the easiest way. You can email me at sylvia at wisdomhearthealing.com. Um, you can also just, my email is sylvia.hardowitz at gmail.com, my other email. <laughs> so there's ways to reach me. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, you know, and Facebook and all that. So, yeah, yeah. we'll put all that in the show notes so you can follow her, find her, get in touch because this sounds so good. I'm going to send anybody your way. I mean, I think most of my friends and people in my sphere are done having children, but if I meet anybody who is struggling, I'm going to send them your way because I think there is so much power in the work that you're doing and so much healing in the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Shannon. We yeah. really, really appreciate it. It's been wonderful talking with you today. And I just feel um, inspired. And um, yeah, just like I feel the energy. So I, I'm really, really grateful for you for giving the space for mothers to share their stories and their voices and happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And I so appreciate all your wisdom today. Thank you. Thank you again, Sylvia, for being here and sharing your wisdom and your journey. As I mentioned previously, I do batch record these episodes. So Sylvia and I had this conversation back in September and I was talking to her recently and she just rolled out this new offer that I'm really excited to share with you because it sounds so good. It is called Portal to Parenthood. It's a three-month online program for fully stepping into the journey of creating parenthood. If you know that being a parent is something that you want in your life, but you are finding yourself blocked in some way, this program is for you. You can get all the details via the link in the show notes seriously read through this um, offer page. There is some really, really juicy stuff in here. If you're interested in more information or to learn more about the program, of course, you can reach out to Sylvia. Her information is in the notes as well, but she's offering a mini intro workshop to the Portal to Parenthood on Saturday, December 9th. It's an online event and it's completely free. That information is in the notes as well. Be sure to check it out. In addition to the Black Friday offers I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the free 18-page maternity leave planning guide is available for you. The link is in the show notes, completely free, 18 pages full of tips and tools to help you create an aligned plan that honors your needs in the transition into working motherhood. I'm also rolling out a free how to fund your unpaid leave uh, webinar. It's a 30-minute crash course on some ways to just help you raise some money to fund any unpaid time that you may experience on your maternity leave. Check out my Instagram for more details on that offer when it becomes available. Until we meet again, come hang out with me on Instagram at having a mom moment. And if you love what you're hearing on the podcast, it would mean so much if you would subscribe and leave a review and share it with anyone in your life who you think may also appreciate all the goodness that's happening over here. Lastly, I just want to remind you that you are amazing, you are loved, and if no one else has told you today, I am so proud of you, Mama. Mama.